You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. It's your boy, Evan Klosky. Back again, and we appreciate it. Uh, we are the host of the Lockdown Rays podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for making us your very first listen every day. Be sure to check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Lockdown Rays. You can also find us on X and Instagram at Lockdown Rays and email us anytime, lockdownrays at gmail.com. Uh, Evan, a little birdie told me that. You were in Port Charlotte for the launch of 2024. I was that birdie. Yeah. You were the birdie on the bird app. Now the X app. Uh, Whatever. Yeah, there we go. Um, What's the haps? What what new insights did you learn from uh, spending the day there and and hearing from uh, coaches and players and so forth? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's day one, uh, pitchers and catchers, not even a full squad workout. Um, it was nice to see Curtis Mead, Junior Caminero, Carson Williams were, were there kind of on the backfield. Was a little bit surprised to see Jeffrey Spring doing a, Springs doing a, a long toss. That was fun to get video of that and, and see him. Um, but, uh, you know, ultimately, it's pretty much a status quo. It was just nice to be in Port Charlotte again, obviously, in the wake of the aftermath of Hurricane Ian. Last year, spring training was split between Disney and Tropicana Field. And, you know, they haven't had a, an, in, an uninterrupted, normal, we'll say, spring training in Port Charlotte uh, since 2019. So it's been five years since they've been like, we're going to go to Port Charlotte. We're going to stay here. Home base is going to be here and, you know, we're not going to be shortened or moving fast or whatever it might be. So it was nice to see the stadium uh, looking great. Uh, and, and just for anybody out there wondering, it's it's not like they didn't add any new features, right? $17 million were put into it thanks to insurance. And the way that insurance works is you better put the stuff back exactly how it was before. So, you know, there, there were some, some minor touch-ups and stuff, but for the most part, if you showed up there, uh, you know, the line was like, you know, if you showed up the day before uh, Hurricane Ian hit, you, you probably are going to see the same thing, just newer, right? Like the backfields are, um, you know, completely brand new. The, you know, the, the field looks great. The, the, you know, the batter's eye, all these things, the paintings. And so, so everything is pretty much the same, just new, like it's just completely re- refurbished. So that was cool. Uh, it was nice to see the organization be stoked about being there and, and the benefits of, of knowing what's going to happen this spring training and not being worried. Uh, I asked Eric Nander about that. They said they didn't even do a contingency plan. They were pretty, pretty confident um, that they were going to be just fine getting back to Port Charlotte. Um, outside of that, you know, there was a lot to break down. I mean, Eric, uh, Eric Nander and Kevin Cash spoke for 30 minutes about an array of topics. You know, I asked about the Tyler Glass now deal and ultimately Neander said they could have taken Tyler's contract into the season that that was certainly on the table. They were not searching for some high A ball type guy that if they were going to trade him, they needed to be impact type of players, stuff that we assumed. And, you know, the, the interest was, was substantial in Tyler 
and the the realistic expectation was that he was not he, they were going to be priced out after the season so logically it just made sense to do a deal like that they firmly believe that um pepio and deluca can slide into the roles of what Glasnow and margot did uh what what their roles were maybe maybe you know not talking about production but can fulfill those roles and having said that you know he says there isn't sort of this this rolodex of of you know hard and true facts and stats that are going to back up that like you know ryan pepio can replicate what tyler glass now does at you know at his tippy top point but he believes that they've they've really um with this rotation accrued a lot of guys that have a high potential and they feel like they don't necessarily know how everything's going to turn out entering the season and that's that's a fun part for them i think kevin cash said it was you know there's a freshness was the word he used to the spring training because it's going to be competition based randy siri Josh Lowe, Brandon Lau, you know, we know that those guys are going to be in their spots and what their roles are. Uh, Isak Paredes, of course, you know, but, you know, Caballero got to, has to prove that he's going to be the shortstop to fill in uh, for Wander and then Taylor Walls, as Walls is probably going to be a little bit past uh, April uh, on his recovery. So, you know, he's going to try to compete to have, you know, that job, uh, longer term, assuming that Wander is not going to be back. And of course, there's no update really on that. Um, you know, they, they have some outfield positions that are going to be up for grabs, but a lot of the starting pitching is ultimately, hey, let's see what sticks. Let's see what's out there. And their relievers and their bullpen, which I don't think enough people are talking about, is maybe one of the strongest units that they've had in quite some time. So there's a lot of continuity issues from fans that they're worried about. But actually, in the one space that usually the Rays love to flip over names, outside of Big Spot Bob, you know, a lot of those guys, you know, you replaced him with Maton, and you have a lot of, like, very stout two- to three-inning guys who can help bridge the gap on maybe some of these pitchers where if Pepio is going five and you want to kind of put him on the Blake Snell train of like, we're going to put him two times to the lineup and get him out of there. Well, they can hand the ball off to an Armstrong. Uh, they can hand the, uh, hand the ball off to maybe um, Wagzupek. I, I got to still learn the pronunciation of that. You know, they can, um, they, they have um, plenty of options in their disposal to really tinker um, throughout the pitching staff. And, and um, you know, I think it's going to be one of those where, the team has a you know a couple of starters they lean on day in day out and for the most part it's going to be plug and play get guys to you know four or five innings hand it off to the bullpen and really have like a a 6 to 7 inning guy to really bridge some of these gaps to their studs on the back end whether that's um Jason Adam, Pete Fairbanks, Colin Poche who's coming off a great year um, so they, they, um, and I'm missing a handful of names, but I, I think that they're, uh, they're optimistic of what they have entering the year. They're obviously more bullish than what the public and what betting lines are going to say, uh, which is nothing new. And 
I think for, for fans, we've, uh, you know, if, if you're a Rays fan, we've been here before where we watch a team where we're kind of like, what the hell is this going to look like? And then we look up at the end of the season and they got, you know, 90 plus wins. Couple points there uh, before you interject, Ulysses. A yeah. uh, couple burning takes that I got out of what you said, Evan. Uh, I think Ryan Pepio pitches more innings than Tyler Glass now this season, Ooh, uh, just based on Glass now's injury history. Phil Maton puts up a better season than Bob Stevenson does in LA, and um, the Rays uh, exceed uh, the projections. That it seems like every year, whether you look at Pakoda, Fangraphs, whatever. Uh, it's like always 86, 88 wins <laughs> and the race. Yeah, always... I would say 84 even. Yeah. And the Rays always, uh, always uh, blow that in the water for the most part. And I think they'll yeah. know, blow that in the water, but I think uh, 90 plus wins is a, a good barometer. And, and, you know, the thing about changes. those project, yeah, the thing about those projections that fans have to realize is that the Rays turn over a lot of their roster throughout the year. You know, they are, they are the tinker Kings. Yeah. They tinker I don't think it takes and, into account all the, the unrivaled depth that they have and uh, all the, the ways they, they work it out um, to maximize each player's skill level. So mm-hmm. I'll tell you what has unrivaled uh, depth. That's game time, folks. That's game time. Because no matter what you want to do, if it's comedy, theater, basketball, baseball, whatever it is, game time has it. And in fact, they're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets because they have deals right up to the start of the event. Even an hour after it starts, it's the place to find last minute seats. So today, you can take the guesswork out of buying tickets using game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKED on for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Perhaps you go to poor Charlotte and maybe you can see Evan Klosky and you can, you know, play name that war with him. Do yeah. that. So download game time today. <laughs> Last minute tickets, lowest price guarantee. Um, Evan, was there, a, was there one quote that, caught you by surprise i know it's the first day so like a lot of like beige gray colored quotes but was there one even by a player cash or neander that, w- that you were like huh that's i didn't expect that I, I didn't expect to hear that um i don't think i don't think so i think the one that kind of stuck out to me was more so that what i think eric neander said something along the lines of what we lack in his and i'm i'm you know, this isn't an exact quote, but essentially, yeah, what what we lack in proven production, we make up in potential. And and, and they tr- they believe that with the depth that they have, while they don't have the answers right now, they don't necessarily know who is going to slate where and, and, and again, the quote, like, who's going to pop. But they think that when you throw it all into the hopper, and you bring the competition and you put everybody playing each other that like, just like lotto balls, bing, bing, bing. Some, some balls are going to pop out and then you're going to be like, you know, let's look at the name, Zach Littell. And you know, you just kind of like figure it out that there's going to be three or four guys who we didn't necessarily have the highest hope for right now, who are going to be big producers for this team throughout the season. But, there are so many of those guys who we're just kind of on the fence with that we don't really know who that's going to be. So 
you know, is Curtis Mead going to be able to establish um, a, a, some sort of role? Is he going to be able to, to produce at the next level? Is Jonathan Aranda going to be able to finally produce at the major league level? And this year he's going to be given the runway of playing time. So, there, you know, there's a lot of things where, you know, I asked him about Aranda and they're like, you know, it is very hard to believe that a guy that has that sort of triple A production is not going to have major league baseball production, you know, and he even admitted, Neander even admitted uh, to me saying, we have watched a handful of our guys who we were not as patient on flourish elsewhere. Nate Lowe being one of them. So I think they learned, they, they've learned from that lesson and this is going to be a very big opportunity for Aranda, just like Josh Lowe, uh, who was given a little, bit, a little bit more of a chance the year previously before kind of popping off in 2023. But, uh, you know, the Josh Lowe is, uh, story is, is a very good one in remembering that, hey, let's go back and revisit this. If you have the kind of success that we think you're having down here, it's going to translate at some point. We got to be patient. So um, patience is going to be the key. I'm glad you, you mentioned the competition thing. Cause Kevin, like we, we have started the, the, the competition series, you know, previewing spring training. And we have done exactly those two names is can Jonathan Aranda's, you know, create a role at first base, you know, uh, if Harold is moved, be a little bit of a platoon. And then it can Curtis Mead be that guy in the platoon in second base with, with Brendan Lau. So, um, I'm glad you, you, you said that because, you know, Kevin, we've got a few more, but that's what we've been talking about. It's just the competition for each role. Yeah, some guys are, are mainstays, but there yeah. is plenty of competition there. We've got a couple of figureheads for sure, but I think that there's a lot of young up, up and coming players that just need the opportunity and need the reps and kind of see who sticks and who you're going to roll with uh, in the future. Now, Evan, it's not um, necessarily uh, as sexy of an offseason like the Dodgers or the Yankees, um, but how important and how necessary was it for the Rays to lock up both Neander and Cash within the last couple weeks to long-term contract extensions that will uh, pit them in the organization uh, through basically the 2020s, my understanding is, and uh, through the opening of the new ballpark, having the, the two top dogs, if you will, um, cemented in the organization going forward yeah it's super important you know it's funny um what the what the rays lack in continuity in their roster they seemingly make up for uh with their their brain trust and that's yeah. not to say guys like peter bendix and andrew friedman and heim bloom haven't gone elsewhere in the process um but it, it seems like Stu is willing to pay top dollar for the brains of the operations uh, to stay and to keep that the same, yeah. keep those systems in place. And Eric and Kevin know the song and dance with each other. You know, it's hard to find those partnerships where each other, A, likes each other, but B, they know how to work together and get through some of the day-to-day -day stuff that is, you know, especially in baseball, so prevalent, uh, you know, with lineups and decision making and all and all the meetings you have to go through. So 
extremely important. And I know that the playoff history has not been great uh, recently. And to be fair, the playoff history in the American League East, which we all think is a gauntlet, has not been great. I think, what is it, like 12 straight losses, playoff mm-hmm. losses in the American League East? Not They've just actually scored negative runs, my understanding is. <laughs> I don't know how that's happened, but they've – it's yeah. crazy. So, so um, you know, I understand the playoff success hasn't been there, but you do have to remember um, they still – seemingly do more with less at least financially speaking and it's truly impressive that the rays have made the playoffs five straight seasons um with one world series trip in those five years unfortunately the other four were quick exits uh first of all i will not stand for uh james click erasure uh in this podcast So James Click, there's your mention. Uh, but number two, with this whole extension from the top down, I was wondering, do you? I'll give you two no, two numbers. Correct counsel, eight million dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terry Francona, four point five million dollars last year. Is Kevin Cash in the middle of that? I mean, Kevin, Ka- like Kevin Cash, should be making top dollar. I, I don't, I don't see. Like, I mean, really, he doesn't have the World Series titles. I get it. Uh, or title. But Craig Council doesn't have it either. Correct. And, I mean, the thing about Craig Council, though, is that wasn't more of a production-based thing. It was like, a, hey, we're trying to steal you away, so we got to overpay for you. And that's just yeah. – there was a market out there for him. So that's just one what of those Jim things. Jim Harbaugh, I guess. You know? Yeah. It, you know, it, so it's not like – you can't really use it as a one-for-one. Right. Okay. All I'm saying is that if Kevin Cash was put on the open market to all the teams who are looking for managers, mm-hmm. um, he would make top dollar. He would he would be right there. So the fact is, I would assume he's getting paid. At, you know, he's the longest tenured manager in the in the league, and he's probably getting paid close to number one in the league. Two-time manager of the year, um, you know, a, a, a couple of, of AL East titles, especially given the circumstances, five straight playoff appearances. There's a lot that works into his resume. Um, yeah. And he's the longest tenured Rays manager now. So, and he's a Tampa guy. So, it's just, it's one of those things where the marriage, it works. Um, yeah. I don't think Kevin's looking... You know, Joe Madden, I think, was looking for something that was a little bit bigger, better, and uh, maybe more resources. I I, I think Kevin's comfortable, um, not content, comfortable with the living situation, the working situation. And I think him and Eric are both very competitive people, um, more than they let on. And I am certain it eats at them that they haven't figured out the playoff thing and that will drive them it does um some people out there will scoff at that but i can tell you that more than what you hear on press conferences and whatever they are diligently trying to find those answers there it's easier said than done and nobody wants it more than those guys who invest their entire life's work to uh to to winning a world series yeah, and I think you hit on something really important, not just the brain trust and 
the acumen of Neander and Cash for what they do, but the marriage between them and how they jive and get along together, because that is something that you don't see in every front office dugout, C-suite dugout. Um, just being able to have that that respect and, and strong working relationship and having that uh, connection, I think, is uh, really important. So um, that's a good thing going forward, for sure. Uh, we have more to discuss with Evan, but first we have to tell you this. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and so, so much more. So just visit FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On, and shoot your shot today. FanDuel.com slash Locked On. I'll repeat it one more time. FanDuel.com slash Locked On. FanDuel, they are an official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, Evan. Or, uh, all right, Ulysses to Evan. I'm going to... Uh, let you lead this third segment here, uh, which I see a bullet point of choose one. So, Ulysses, take it away with that as uh, Evan awkwardly adjusts his camera there. Yeah, it's something screwing behind me. We're good, though. That's um, a very boomer move. Yeah. You're yeah. okay, though. I, I, I have a very uh, – I don't want to say boomer. What, like, what's the uh... – Give me another generation below that. Like my setup. Gen X or oh, even Gen-X? like worse or better oh, than worse, worse, oh, worse. 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 What's yeah. worse than the boomer? Uh, the greatest generation, right? I guess so. I mean, yeah. yeah, I just we didn't have the technology back then, so that's what we're working with. <laughs> Evan actually that's still what? has a flip phone, if you didn't know that. He did. Yeah. I wish yeah. I had my Blackberry. Oh, oh. I wish that it, I wish that that was he's got a beeper. Him. We actually <laughs> That's how, like, that's, that's, that's how we get him on the. That's how we get him on the show. If yeah. impossible has a beeper, I'm gonna have a beeper. Yeah. <laughs> um. So for this one, I just kind of wanted to uh, hone in on what you think is the one, not this or this or not just the one. So it's going to be difficult to choose one. I understand, but give me one main storyline that, in your opinion, is the most interesting. During this race, spring training, um, 2024, what is the one thing that you're like, this storyline is, is the most interesting thing? Uh, starting pitching. I just, it's, it's the biggest enigma because I do, I do think that they've kind of brought in a lot of guys. I think they have a lot of options, but you know, once you get past, like, I mean, even like Littell right now is firmly, you know, the discussion is Patel is going to be inserted into the rotation. He's going to be a part of it. Does he replicate what he did last year? Right. We also know that injuries happen to this rotation all the time. So really learning these arms, I think, is so pivotal because last year at this time, we were talking about the Rays having the best starting rotation in Ugh. baseball. Yeah. Didn't have one inning together. Um, McClanahan, uh, ends up getting Tommy John surgery. Jeffrey Springs gets Tommy John surgery. Drew Rasmussen gets the, the one below Tommy John surgery and, and hopes that 
his arm will will come back and i think i think his target date's probably september um zach eflin was amazing can he repeat that like is he going to repeat that sort of like borderline cy youngish type season and you know you're filling it in with some you know pepio latell um Taj Bradley, is he going to make the next step? Shane Boz, he's going to be progressed slowly into the Rays rotation. So Shane Boz, they don't want him to pitch and then shut him down. Right. They want to make him real slow in the progression back to being on this team so that when he ramps up, they have him for the long run that if they make a playoff run, he'll be there, right? You don't want to have to, like, shut him down at 100 innings, you know, phantom DL him. Uh, that's me saying that. Nobody in the Rays organization said that. But, you know, the, the, you got to give him a break. Um, but that's – so So there's just a lot of people that, um, you know, Uisawa's coming in. Is he going to start in Durham? Is he going to earn a spot with the Rays? Uh, there's just a lot of options. They're going to try to stretch out Davinsky. They're going to try to see if Tyler Alexander is a thing. So that's the, that's the interesting part to me because last year the Rays on paper, it felt like uh, an established team, one that was going to go for it, really. And this year is a mini reset button. I think it's a little bit overrated how – how much of a reset button it is, but certainly with the starting rotation, I get it. Like the lineup, I don't think changes that much outside of Wander, which, you know, are factors out of everyone's control. Um, that wasn't like they're doing, they're trying to make it work on the fly. You got to wait for Carson Williams. Um, but, you know, I would say that, um, I would say starting pitching is number one. And then my second place vote goes to Junior Caminero and where he fits into everything and how you're going to make him work of whether you're going to start him in AAA or will you begin him with the big league ball club and try to find a spot for him. Uh, going going back to the starting pitching, I'm, I'm looking at nine names right now. Eflin, Savale, Littell. Savale, that's the name I forgot. That's good. Um, Taj, Uwasawa, Boss, Lopez, and Davinsky. So when I look at these nine, let's say that the first four – are solid. Eflin, Savali, Littell, and Pepio. To you, that fifth spot, what is it? What's the most likely name to come out of there? Tosh Bradley or Uwasawa? Bradley. Really? I, I, th I think I think to me, Bradley's underlying numbers and like his metrics and everything that the the quote unquote nerds look at are elite like he's got elite stuff ultimately i think there was just a little bit of a learning curve um he really struggled going deeper into games like that fifth inning kind of he would stub his toe he would have blow up innings he would leave his cutter up so there was natural thing he, i mean he got brought up way earlier than what they wanted to do they had to bring him out up at a necessity but now that you got the experience from him now that you've burned the year on him, to me at this point, he's going to be a part of the rotation. And Taj Bradley, I think, has the ceiling 
to be one of the most improved players in Major League Baseball this season. That at the end of this, at the end of the year, we can look back and be like, the Rays did it again. They found a freaking stud in Taj Bradley. This guy's amazing. Um, you know, he changes the whole, uh, you know, the look of this starting rotation. Him and Eflin. So I, I, I imagine Todd Bradley taking a, a big step forward this year. Uh, I would be, a, I would be a little disappointed if it was as rocky as it was last year. Um, and again, I don't blame Taj for last year. I think those were just the rookie lumps that naturally you have to go through. No yeah. mention of Brendan McKay. How dare you? <laughs> Brendan, the reports on Brendan McKay have been really good. Uh, yeah. Now, what happens with that? I mean, we've heard that before, right? Yeah, we've you heard know, a lot. Oh, looks, yeah, it looks, looks yeah, good. You know, yeah. you just – Arm look live. Uh, okay, throw, my... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a, a Kevin question at you, Evan. Does Brendan McKay pitch a single pitch for the Rays in 2024? I I, I can't predict injuries. Um, I I uh, as of right now, yeah. What I know today, I would yes. say yes. I think he will. Yeah. All right. Guys get hurt. All right. As long as he does hurt. not get hurt, he's going to be involved with In the, the plans. He's gonna get. He's gonna get a shot. So, I think they're very excited about the possibility of him. But again, I don't think that necessarily McKay is a part of their like number hey, one. Plan. We got. We yeah. got to. You know. We're, McKay's going to have a big year. We're leaning on him. I think it's the same thing that I say with Rasmussen this season. If you get Drew for anything this year, you take it. Yeah. Nice. And but I'm not. I'm not. And I, I do expect Jeffrey Springs to be involved in the backhand, of the, the back half of the year, and to ramp up and to be part of a playoff push that you would hope would happen. Drew, let's see where it goes. Let's hope yeah. for the best, right? But I'm not. Uh, I'm not as like in my head, he's just kind of tucked away there as a maybe, whereas Jeffrey is more of like a you know, I am fully expecting Springs to be a part of this team come end of July, beginning of August. Okay, I'm Let's looking go. forward. I'm looking forward to seeing what Iwasawa can do and hopefully yeah, me too. Uh, making a dent in the rotation. And something uh, Evan you mentioned as we wrap up here um, with the whole Wander situation, I think. I don't think that uh, Neander and company get enough credit for thinking on the fly and doing the switcheroo trade in a short amount of time to get Caballero, uh, remove Luke Rayleigh, and then bring on another outfielder with adding Palacios and trading Andrew Kittredge, and then a couple weeks later signing Phil Maton. Like that's, I know it's not necessarily going to get tons and tons of headlines, but. I think those were uh, really shrewd maneuvers, um, you know, having to, to work with a couple of other organizations out there. That's the word. Yeah. Shrewd. That's the I word, think, man. Shrewd. Yeah, I agree. Uh, 100% agree with you. And I think that leans back into the potential. One thing that I complained about last year, everyone knows, if you can roll it, run it back, thought that the lineup was littered with too many empty outs, right? Yeah. Like, it's it, you just you can't rely on the home run ball as much as they did last year. I think there was a little bit of a of a progression to the mean from what they had the year prior where they just were not hitting them out. And that was a weird sort of deal. So they like recorrected yeah. the other way. But there were too many times where they couldn't generate an offense right. because it was like get on base, get on base. And they would constantly leave 
two men on, no out. And it's like, well, of course they're going to do that because this guy strikes out 23% of the time. This guy strikes out 30% of the time. So what do you think's going to happen? He's probably going to strike out or not make good contact with guys like Palacios, guys like DeLuca, um, uh, Caballero. These are guys who tend to put the ball in play. And I'm very curious if we start to see a little bit of a let let's run some you know let's let's have a ripple effect and let's let's watch the cascade of of a of a big inning here. Hopefully, of of, of having guys who are a little bit you know Luke Rayleigh provides home run potential for you. You don't have that, but now you're providing more contact, which could yeah. get wheels in motion and allow you to utilize your speed and really start to get this offense motoring a a bit which i think they've for the past two years they've been a little bit stagnant uh the offense was fantastic last year don't get me wrong but it was boomer bust it was a lot of home run or nothing and i think they went like i'm all for that and with some players you know but i think they went too far on it i think they went a little bit overboard and uh and and kind of like saturated a lineup with people who are either gonna you know Hit it, hit it out or, or kind of strike out. Yeah. And I just don't think that's a winning formula come the playoffs because you're really banking on if you got it, you don't, and you're facing the best pitching. So more often than not, you're probably going to struggle right. than bomb it for a complete month. Yeah. And Caballero is going to add some gamesmanship and really make the pitchers uh, work and frustrate. Great defense, you know. Yeah. And that's the thing. Yeah, they have great defense. So that, yeah. that should be – they can lean on that. All right, uh, Evan, where can people find your wonderful work? At Eklosky, WTSP on uh, the Twitter slash X. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Eklosky. You can head to 10tempbay.com where not only we talk about the Rays starting up right now. Uh, by the way, shout out to uh, Dave Wills and Fred McGriff for mm-hmm. being the, the new members of the Rays Hall of Fame. That will happen this season. Uh, but we'll also talk about you know the Lightning making their playoff push. USF basketball. I USF basketball. It's been I mean, 14 years in the making, but we're so baby. Let's go. This is what I live yeah. for. So, I mean, you know, and, and right now at this current spot of recording, they're putting a whooping on Tulsa. So um, they've been really fun to follow this year. Uh, everyone go to the Yingling Center on Sunday. If you can get a ticket because it's sold out against FAU, that's a monster game. But, yeah, hit me up on Twitter slash X. Send me your thoughts, questions. I'll respond 99% of the time as long as you're not a jerk. <laughs> that is the first time in human history that anyone has ever said, FAU, South Florida basketball. <laughs> Boy, what was the term you used? Huge game? Big game. It's, uh, it's a marquee game in college marquee basketball game, this yeah. weekend. Mm-hmm. Like, it's on the ESPN. It's on noon. the ESPN. It's, That's yeah, nice. I mean, you're going to have Amir's boys pumped up, ready to go. Uh, FAU also is a team that went to the final four last year. Um, I mean, cool. come on, this is, uh, this is, this is a fantastic game and we don't get this with USF very often. It's, um, Amir Abdul-Rahim is, is certainly in the running for, uh, yeah. for uh, national coach of the year. Uh, because I mean, you guys can talk about it, uh, just how, how bad USF basketball has been. Oh, yeah. They have not been to the tournament, I think, since 2011, 2012. That guy almost so, made the team they were so bad one year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they just looked at him and were like, oh, he's tall. Let's bring him. Yeah, um, he's got these Actually, you know, 
the, do you know why he didn't make it? Because he showed up to tryouts with a boot on. He actually That's had true, fractured yeah. his ankle and he still went to the tryouts. That's why. Yeah. They're like, look, dude, like we can't, we can't do this. Yeah, I mean, we we can do a lot of things, right. we can't do that. You're yeah. a gamer, you're a grinder. We get it, but we we can't do this. Locked on USF Bulls, yeah. baby. We need that. that. We need a locked on USF Bulls. Um you yeah, here's the thing. Uh enjoy uh Amir while it lasts because uh, he's he's gonzo after this season. He's getting nice. by some, he's getting Fini- scooped up. If the Raisin, the- if, if USF makes the tournament, he's getting scooped up by somebody. Finishing somebody. the episode on an optimistic note. I love it. This is yeah. this is this is great. There we go. All right. I hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe. And we will talk to you tomorrow.